like a movie theater. Thanks, Maddie. The Chiefs have to go all the way to Germany to try to rebound from their loss against the Broncos. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. If you didn't know it was a live edition of the KC Laboratory, you know now. <laughs> What's up, everybody? No. <laughs> Do the intro. <laughs> I did. It's a live it. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by M Prize Bank member FDIC. Maddie Lane, haven't heard from you yet. Hi, how are you? I'm I'm doing great, Kent. You know, we're just a little bit behind, kind of like the Chiefs offense. No big deal. We will recover. Hopefully, well, actually, maybe it would be cool if we had to go to Germany to fix this podcast too. Um, so maybe maybe we'll get on that, Craig. Yeah, maybe next time let's schedule it around September. Uh I think I think this podcast is gonna be broken around September next year and we need to go there and do it. Uh, but like so. unlike the Chiefs offense, I was ready early. I was more like the Chiefs defense. I was ready to get going much earlier here, but we had some technical difficulties. So uh, for and those live me. watchers here, and it wasn't Maddie this time, for those live watchers, we apologize. We will make it up to you during this podcast. I was, oh, whoa. I, uh, I, was like, I was like the Chiefs in Denver. I almost didn't show up. <laughs> uh, I'm having, Chiefs. I'm having, yeah. I mean, that's, I'm so you just want to be very clear about this. Yeah, I'm having I'm having internet issues, folks. I apologize. You're doing great, buddy. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll find out about that. Anyways, this is kind of like I don't know one of the biggest games of the season. Uh, two teams fighting for the one seed, both six and two. Now that the Chiefs have dropped an inexplicable game, uh, and so it's it's become the the magnitude of it has become pretty significant for the Chiefs' outlook, well beyond just. The Tyree Kill storylines, which I'm sure will exist, um, but I mean, it's it's everything, right? It's 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 just for for what they want. They've dropped a pretty, they've kind of dropped two games that you expect them to lose or to win at this point, right? They dropped game one against the Lions. They gro- dropped this game against the Broncos, and now they're going to have to dig in their heels a little bit and fight the rest of the season, the back half of the season, to fend off a lot of teams that are going to want that one seed, going to want that bye week. And uh, and the race starts immediately after that loss. So we're going to start with the offensive side of the ball, pre- previewing that. Guten Tag to everyone, by the way. I wanted to do that. I wanted to say uh, Guten Tag. Uh, really been saving that for weeks. But um, can the yeah, Chiefs... Yeah, you want to go it? Is there a follow-up? No. No, I fully believe that Kit <laughs> thought of that four weeks ago, and he was like, four weeks from now. I'm going to say Guten Tag. And he was, and he was just Three. stressed out about the technical difficulties to actually rip it off the top, so he just had to fit yep. it in. Five it, has not, it has not been a Guten Tag for me. Uh, so, <laughs> especially on like internet. I liked it. <laughs> uh, Maddie, do we think this offense can find any rhythm against the Miami Ooh. Dolphins? Okay. so These are the Sea this- Dolphins, by the way. These are the dolphins of the sea. These are the dolphins that belong in the ocean, not not the dolphins that the Chiefs struggled with. Um, so here we go. Here it is. The rhythm of the Chiefs' offense is completely non-existent, right? And I think this doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the Dolphins' defense. I think this is just something that matters for the Chiefs in itself. 
the the rhythm is off. Uh, a graphic came out. Patrick Mahomes is throwing to his first read, supposedly the second least this often um, in the NFL. And while I don't know if we want to trust the numbers one to one or not, it is what it is. That kind of matches the eye test, though, right? There is a lack of rhythm. The very rarely is Mahomes hitting the back of his drop, and is the ball coming out to anyone that is not Travis Kelsey, right? It's very clearly. If he's looking at Kelsey and he thinks he's open, he's getting the ball. If there's leverage, he's getting the ball. But anyone else, it seems like he's really waiting for them to get into their break. He's waiting for them to get through their route stem before he's ready to throw them the ball. And then he's moving on from them if they don't get wide open. And while that's probably not the best way to play quarterback, I'm not saying that. I don't think his wide receivers have given him a reason to believe in them to throw it with anticipation. I don't believe they've given him enough of a reason to stick on his first read very frequently. And I think that goes into the lack of rhythm. When's the last time we've really seen this team have Mahomes take the snap, drop back, and fire the ball out, and then move down the field like that? That was what they did all last year. That was the entire offense, rhythm passing up and down the field. It wasn't taking deep shots. It wasn't pounding the rock. It wasn't you know spreading the field out necessarily and like having some kind of you know air raid-esque system. It was just timing. It was just very good execution up and down the field. And this year, it just feels like they don't have any of that. So like, hopefully this is a game where they can dial back into that and start getting guys on the same page or just start forcing it until it works. Like at some point in time, we just kind of got to make it happen. And they're getting to that point now. Yeah, it's eight weeks. And this is with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. Granted, there have been some, you know, like, world-beating offenses that he has captained to date here with the Kansas City Chiefs. But this is by far the most arduous that, uh, you know, the offense has looked. Like, it just everything seems so difficult. Everything seems like they're having to try so much harder than they ever have. And, it, you know, it, you look at all the numbers and everything. Yeah, they're they're still top five in offensive DVOA. They're still, you know, uh, up there near the tops in all these offensive rankings. And it's by the pure miracle of Patrick Mahomes kind of making some things happen or Travis Kelsey making some things happen that you are seeing the offense move the ball. It's scary, though, how often they get into situations where they have to rely on other players, have to rely on other guys to get open, the run game, whatever the case may be, and it just looks disjointed. It looks inefficient. It looks difficult at all times. We, it, we've we all seen it. There are several drives in a row, each and every game, where the Chiefs offense just does not move the ball. They look human. They look normal. And it and it's tough to watch because we've become so accustomed, even with last year, replacing most of the pass catchers, replacing everybody but Travis Kelsey, essentially, and saying, okay, we're going to go out there. We're going to try and revamp this offense. It's still moved pretty effortlessly down the field it's just not this year and yeah the numbers are what they are and they still are a top five offense it's just not in rhythm it's not smooth and you get into situations where when they get in that rut like they did against Denver they struggle to get out of it and they just stay there and that's what they cannot do against a Miami Dolphins offense that is probably going to move the ball and probably going to score plenty this has to be a game that the Chiefs get in rhythm, stay in rhythm, and don't get in that rut. Wow, look at this lack of confidence in the Chief fence, Craig. Probably going to move. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, okay. We should have led with the D. Uh, no. We probably should have. I mean, I almost didn't show up. They should get punished for that. Yeah, I, it, I don't want to belabor any of the other points you guys just made. Like, 
you're you're dead on. Got to get into some kind of rhythm. Got to find something. I do wonder if this is a game. I wonder if the Broncos game is a galvanizing moment for that group. I mean, it has to be. If this team is going to achieve success and achieve what yeah. we think that they're capable of doing, the Broncos game has to be a moment where they all look together, they look in the mirror, and they say, we've all, as a group, got to be better. We've all got to focus on, on you know, on, on getting things right. You know, and Mahomes is probably going to have to throw, you know, Pat, ta- you know, Maddie talks about throwing, you know, Mahomes stole with his chest a few years back. And it took a couple games of him not doing it for him to finally kind of say, screw it, let's go, let's ride. I just wonder if if that's a moment we just saw where, you know, you saw after the game, he said, I mean, we're not going to let this snowball. This thing happen. That ain't going to happen. Well, that might him, that might be involving him to say, you know what, I got to, I got to give some of these guys some chances and see what happens because, you know, I got to start throwing my chest and I got to start th- showing trust to these guys because this is all I got. I mean, we're past the trade deadline. So, you know, maybe, maybe that and just, you know, getting to the top of the drop and just trusting some guys to do the right thing is going to be something that, you know, right or wrong, we find out this, you know, just, just trying, just trying to get into some kind of rhythm here. Uh, finding holes in the Dolphins. Okay. All right. Thanks. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Kim may not be able to see the chat. Maddie. Yeah, Kim may not. not I understand he might not be able to see the chat. So like that's why. Uh, in terms of the Chiefs getting on really like I, I, I wanted to say I wanted to jump on there. Like yeah, I agree that Mahomes needs to start throwing with his chest. Like he needs to quit babying the football over the middle of the field and passing up lanes in the middle of the field because of what happened in the Detroit game. I I think since that Detroit game, he has purposely taken a little bit off of throwing in the tight windows over the middle of the field. And I do think he needs to get back that. If you're gonna play reactionary football like he has been, like the Chiefs' offense has been. You have to be willing to wing the ball into tight windows when they come open. You can't avoid the middle of the field if you're this team struggling to push the ball vertically and really trying to throw it, you know, a little bit late. That said, like, I want to go back. The offense has to help them out a little bit here in terms of getting into rhythm and to finding timing. They're calling a lot of deep outbreaking routes, a lot of deep comebacks, a lot of deep outs. And that's not that those are kind of long developing plays. Mahomes isn't waiting for those guys to get into the break and because they're not getting open very frequently. If you want him to start playing with timing and just blindly trusting guys, got to find some more stuff where the ball is just getting out quicker. It just got to be stuff where the ball comes out quicker. And I thought this was really interesting. The Chiefs percentage of plays, dropbacks that were RPOs last year, 8% of their dropbacks were RPOs. This year, 4%. They've dropped. I mean, the percentage has dropped in half. They aren't throwing RPOs at all. They're just not simply not running them. And it makes sense. You lose Juju. You don't have as much trust in the entirety of this offensive like structure. You miss, you're you missing kind of one of the two guys that you really like to go to on these. But I think they got to get back into the RPO game. And I think that especially makes a lot of sense for a Fangio-style defense. It's going to play a lot of too high. It's going to give you a lot of open space. So it's just, I, I would love for the RPOs to come back this week. And I think it'll help put them on rhythm. It'll help Mahomes find a little bit of rhythm and start getting on time with some of his wide receivers and not always asking them to win 10 yards downfield over and over again. You guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you, buddy. Yeah. Doing great. I don't think he can hear me. I don't know. I can't. I can't hear you. Okay. okay. I, I'm yes, so. To, I, I'm going to have to go out, gentlemen. I'm going to try to get back in here in a minute, but Maddie. The spreadsheet's yours. We, oh, we love you. Oh, I am in charge. <laughs> we are moving on to finding holes in this Dolphins defense. So I mentioned it, Craig. Fangio-style defense, the Chiefs are very familiar with that. But yep. the key here when you're playing the Fangio-style defense is 
there's going to be holes. You have to decipher them, not just pre-snap, but also post-snap. And you have to find out where your matchups are going to be because things are going to change. But I think the really tricky part for the Dolphins, that secondary is kind of getting healthy right now, bud. Yeah. Yeah, that's the part that's really, really scary. Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey have not played together yet this season. And I'm not going to steal anything from Maddie, but they're moving one of their better slot corners back into the slot. So... This is going to be a major upgrade for this secondary. I've seen people all week long try and minimize what the Dolphins' defense does. Oh, no, they're terrible. They allow all these points. They haven't done anything. Their major free agent acquisition, not free agent, they traded for him. Their major acquisition this offseason hasn't played very much yet. And guess what? He looked pretty good against the Patriots last week. He looked healthy. This was not a guy that was coming off of injury that looked a little bit slow. Jalen Ramsey looked really good. So finding those holes is going to be a lot more difficult. Now, luckily, they just got done playing against a former Fangio defense a couple of weeks ago, Brandon Staley's defense. Now, granted, Vic evolves a lot more than Brandon Staley. He's still stuck on the Fangio defense from a few years back. But they're going to have opportunities to put this team in too high to find space in the middle of the field. There are still going to be opportunities, especially if the Dolphins focus on Travis Kelsey in the way that they should and the way that Tyreek Hill has kind of alluded to there. There have been lots of opportunities in the middle of the field against the Dolphins' defense in recent history where they've been able to get some really good releases from their slot corners, from from their bigger guys in the middle of the field. Slants, you know, you know, glance routes, things like that have come open and the safety play has not been as good as you would expect it to be from these guys. So there are lots of run after the catch opportunities within the Dolphins coverage ability there, especially in the middle of the field. So this is going to be one where the Dolphins are going to try and take away Travis Kelsey. That's exactly what they're going to try and do. They need to rely on these guys. Chiefs have so many slot receivers rely on these guys to go out, win and have Patrick Mahomes trust them especially in the middle of the field, to avoid guys like Jalen Ramsey and like Xavier Howard. Yeah, and this is kind of similar. If both guys are healthy, right, this is similar to what we talked about with the Jets, to where DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner are going to kind of shut down your outside spots. And for the Chiefs, that's probably not that big of a deal because they don't really run their offense to their outside wide receivers. It's not a big deal. I mean, that game was a little bit of a struggle for the Chiefs. I'm not saying it was because of that, but like this just might look a little similar there on the outside. If Now, I guess I will get to say this. Xavier Howard hasn't been that good this year. He's He's definitely started his age a little bit and all the injuries have started to catch up. So he's not a lockdown corner like a Jalen Ramsey probably still is. And hey, I mean, listen, they're getting right now. They're getting to move uh, on Caden Coho back to the slot. When when he's outside, a target on his back, throwing him every single time because it's been a struggle. But when he's getting the slot, he's been excellent this year. And he's really good playing the run. He's good blitzing. He kind of helps fix some of, not all, and we got more on this, but like some of their communication issues because this team really struggled. When he's not in the slot, they really struggled to pick up mesh routes, crossing routes, pass stuff off because of the communication between the linebackers, one of which David Long is relatively new, new system for Jerome Baker, and then you have a less experienced slot and Perry Nickerson playing next to him. They really struggled passing stuff off. Coho moving back to the slot for this game, assuming Howard's healthy, or even if they just play Eli Apple outside, I think that's a good move for them. So that'll make it a little bit harder for the Chiefs. 
But I, I, I want to kind of go back to that. You mentioned over the middle of the field versus the Dolphins. Like, yeah, that's where they're susceptible. And I think a huge part is the Eagles found out you could just spam mesh versus this team. And yeah. whether it's whether it's guys running with man, whether it's them failing to pass stuff off in zone, like the, the Eagles got open mesh concept time after time versus zone coverage because they just passed it off poorly. They were just spamming, you know, a dig follow, just a, fo- a drive follow, whatever it was, two inbreakers from the same side, crossing routes. They were eating them up over the middle of the field because of the lack of communication. So I do think that's an area that she should definitely try to focus on in this one. Oh, absolutely. Now, they the Dolphins are not completely deficient at linebacker. If they decide to drop a guy out, they actually have some decent guys. My guy, David Long Jr., holy cow, like has come on over the past three years here and has been just as good for the Dolphins. But it has really been those outside guys. So that that has been the key so far to this to this team and how got teams like the Bills, the Eagles, were able to capitalize was to get the matchups they wanted on the outside, running some of these concepts, running mesh with these guys in trail, yeah. and able to just kind of separate and run away from them. I just don't know that we're going to see that level of separation and that level of spacing from this Chiefs wide receiving core that's already struggling with that against a much improved Dolphin secondary than the one that we've seen for large portions of this year. No, absolutely not. And David Long, I think we are Chiefs fans. We seen David Long torment this this team for uh, for his name of the Titans. I I will say this: him and Jerome Baker have combined for giving up forty eight receptions on fifty five targets this year for nine yards per catch. Like they again, they're struggling with the communication. They're struggling just to lock things. I'm not saying they're bad players by any means. I just they're struggling in coverage there over the middle of the field. So if the Chiefs can make sure that Javon Holland and Deshaun Elliott stay deep and like push the two safeties back, like Fangio is going to want to show you, you're going to find some space over the middle of the field. So I do think Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, those guys can find some space there. The problem is you're also going to have to block it up for them, right? And yeah. You know, we're, we're no longer, you know, following a strict rundown. We're all over the place now, so we're going to dip real quick into protection. Dolphins have five defensive linemen with three or more sacks this year. I, I I do not like seeing their depth chart. I really don't like it. It's a little bit scary, Maddie. I yeah, mean, I, and I don't think anyone yeah. takes over. None of them are like great, right? There's no Chris Jones, but they right. just kind of like the Chiefs outside of Chris Jones. They just have multiple guys that are all doing good. They have guys on the inside with Wilkins and Siler. They have uh, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb and Andrew Van Ginkle on the outside. Like They have guys that they just throw in wave at you. The pass rush keeps coming. Again, they don't have guys that necessarily take over, but the pass rush can be a, a factor. So we're sitting here talking about, woo, he's back. Maybe. Kind of. Maybe. I am. Uh, but yeah, I'm just... Okay. I'm, I'm trying to find the three-shot overlay right now, real quick. Just okay, you got. It. Yeah. I, I think Tucker got you covered. If you just want to, you know, focus up. Um, but it, so here we are. The Chiefs. They got to try to attack the middle of the field. You do got to try to push. I don't know if you got to push the ball vertical, but you got to threaten vertically to keep a Fangio deep and sound. And that means this offensive line is going to have the challenge uh, of blocking yeah. up against this pass rush, which is pretty good. And before we move off of this, real quick, just because it just Please. if people aren't aware of you know what they've got, Christian Wilkins is a fantastic defensive tackle. Like he really is. He's he's maybe near the top of that second tier of guys after the ones that got you know paid this offseason there. And then you go to Jalen Phillips, who's a really good player. You've got Bradley Chubb on the other side. 
a really good player. Emmanuel Agba, who Chiefs fans are very familiar with, a really good player. And the guy that I think has been most impressive to me when I watch this team is Andrew Van Giegel. Like, he's all over the damn place, man. Like, they they use him as an off-ball linebacker at times when they're in their base 4-3 defense. Then they'll kick out into some situations where, you know, he he's on the line of scrimmage, kind of like a Leo Chanel. But he's such a good pass rusher. He makes so many impactful plays. Like, when I watch the Dolphins, he's everywhere. And, I mean, he's easy, easy to spot with all the hair everywhere. But he just kind of flies around and makes plays at every level. And so every time I watch them, I'm like, man, damn, he's a good football player. So that's a lot of guys that just make plays on this defensive line or rushing the pass. Very difficult to defend. Hi, guys. Hi, Kit. Hey, Kit. What's up, buddy? Hey, Maddie. How are you? You know, I'm doing great. It's nice to see your face. I'm glad you could hear us now. Um, Do you have any thoughts on finding some holes in the Dolphins coverage or Maybe if you want to talk about how they can the block up the Dolphins pass rush. Oh no! Did he freeze? <laughs> okay. Did I? Well, that's all right. Did I freeze? You could take it. Take all right. Hey, look. Real quick, I'm 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 going to apologize to our listenership for uh, screwing all this up. Uh, this is the most unhinged episode because of me. My player to watch on offense is Sky Moore. I'm going to leave the show now. Uh, <laughs> Love you, kid. I did what I could. What's your prediction? What's your prediction? Uh, Chiefs win 38-33. And Moore has a touchdown. I really am rooting for him. I know I've been hard on him. I know a lot of people have been hard on him. I want him to respond. But my internet's not responding, so I love you all. Got you, buddy. Thank you Hi, Kent. Hi. All right, Maddie. let's talk real quick here. Do the Chiefs even try and run the football? You know, they should, right? The Dolphins' run defense isn't, like, good, right? They should try to run. But I will say, uh, versus the Eagles, you know, I went back and watched the Eagles game real closely. They, they fit the run really well. Now, I know the Eagles pose a different run threat, right? You're expecting the run. You're playing downhill versus them. And then that's how you get beat by A.J. Brown over and over again. But... The Chiefs, you know, don't post the same run there. I think you got to try a little bit. I do think you got to try. I'm not saying I want the Chiefs to play the time of possession game, but I do think you got to try to stay a little bit balanced. You have to make sure this defense is defending. Or you have to make sure your defense is getting a little bit of a break, a little bit of a breather. You can't three and out, three and out. And I guess that's the problem. The Chiefs run game so inefficient right now that running the ball is just as likely to equate, you know, one and a half yards it is to do anything to get them up, you know, ahead of the sticks. But I just think you got to try. And I, I think versus this defense, especially, you got to try, got to slow the pass rush down. I hope they give it a go. I would go back to the gap stuff. I don't think you want to zone zone run on some of this Fancho stuff. They do a really good job playing a gap and a half. They do a really good job getting downhill with those linebackers. I think this is a gap run game if it's going to excel. Yeah, and I think that you've got to really lean on gap. I think if there's one that you're going to do it or a team that you're going to do it against, it's this team. And I think that that's fine. Like, I, I think they have the ability to do that. As much as I love these guys as pass rushers, you know, this Dolphins defensive line as pass rushers, they are susceptible against the run. But you got to commit to it. Like, you got to force this defense to want to play the run. And I don't know that Vic Fangio is going to come out and say, okay, guess what, guys? We're really going to fit the run this week. No, it's going to be a yeah. focus on Travis Kelsey. It's going to be a focus on making sure that guys like Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, don't beat you in the passing game. 
and then they're going to just let the run game happen. So, yeah, it's not an efficient run game right now. They haven't been able to lean on it the ways that we have wanted them to at times when the offense has struggled. Come out this game, run the stuff that you know works, and lean on it more. Like, just say, hey, listen, we're fine with you seeing everything that we've got from a gap scheme perspective because this is, you know, you, you've seen it all already, but you haven't seen us commit to it. Like, we know Andy's going to go back to the zone stuff. It's not going to last beyond, you know, a week or two if he does lean into the gap stuff anyway. That's fine. Use one of these, like the Buffalo Bills game from a few years back where Clyde Edwards-Alaire went off and Travis Kelsey was blocking up as an H-back. Like, it was fun, and the Bills had no idea what was coming, no idea what was going to hit them. Lean on it a little more. Get, get into that a little bit more and know, hey, listen, this is how we get in our group. This is how we kick a defensive coordinator out of what they want to do. And this is how we take away some of the stuff that makes it easy for them to turn the ball over, get negative plays, just line up, run gap, and lean on it a little bit more. Well, on that note, too, I just want to say I really like the Chiefs' like pistol full house formation they did a couple times against Denver, and they had Kelsey yeah. and Noah Gray flanking out. That was um, fun. Yeah. So a couple of the plays, they, they they were open. The MVS fumble on the deep comeback came off of that. But the first time Mahomes was working the left side of the, the offense and just nothing came open, Justin Watson was just as open on the right and Kelsey had yeah. released on a different type of route. So like, they, they were having a little something there with that. It's so like, I, I, I'm going to be interested if we get that kind of pistol full house look again because I, I actually think they were getting stuff um out of it in the play action game. And though I think they ran twice out of it, and one of them, they literally inserted Gray and Kelsey like into the same gap, and it worked. It looked silly, but it kind of worked. And so, like, I don't know. I'm just intrigued if that comes back. Um, Absolutely. I think it. I think it is time that we work our way over to the uh, players to watch presented by Tickets for Less. I think it's that time, Craig. Right? Yes, it is. Players to watch sponsored by Tickets for Less. Use the promo code KCSN for the best deal available for Chiefs tickets. I'm gonna go first. We haven't talked about it much in several weeks, is Jarek McKinnon. This is a game, uh, for everything that we've talked about, the Dolphins' defense, how it's better than I think it looks, one of the things that I don't think that they're particularly good at is tackling. I really feel like they have a lot of missed tackles when I watch these games, or I watch the ones especially that they struggle. They struggle to wrap up. They struggle to get things going, and they especially struggle to do so when teams are reliant on checking down to their running backs. We have now seen back-to-back weeks, one where Jarek McKinnon did score a touchdown and had it called back by, in my opinion, a very BS call on Joe Tooney. It was, it was on the line, but I, I'm a Chiefs fan. It was BS. And then another one where if Rasheed Rice gets the block on a blitzing player, it was a very difficult block for him to make. But if he picks that up, I believe Jarek McKinnon goes for six in the red zone there. So this is a game where... I think the Chiefs can reincorporate Jarek McKinnon in a big way. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out. He is you know, ill. They are not having him travel with the team. I think that we're going to see the limited reps that Clyde Edwards-Alaire gets are now fully going to Jarek McKinnon here. And I think that there are opportunities here with as aggressive as the you know Miami Dolphins defense is for them to kind of allow the Dolphins to tee off, absorb some of the pressure, Check it down to Jarek McKinnon and have him make a guy miss in space. Go get some extra yards. I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like this is a big Jarek McKinnon game to try and help break out of some of this stuff where the Chiefs are 
out of rhythm, can't get things going, especially against a team that doesn't blitz a ton, so he may not have to stay in in protection, get out in the flat and make some players miss. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's a really good one. Uh, he'll be out on the field a lot, too, with uh, probably seeing a, a pass-heavy script. Um, as much as I want to go with Rasheed Rice, thinking that the Chiefs, like, they got to they gotta start closing it in. They got to quit trying stuff, and they got to start relying on the stuff that works, and Rasheed Rice is one of those things. So, like, I kind of want to go with him, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with the real wide receiver one, Justin Watson. Um, we talked a little bit about the Chiefs, you know, probably not challenging outside a ton, and I agree with that. But I'll tell you what, Justin Watson's playing good football this year. It's not, really? that's no longer just a joke. He's playing good football. He's running really, I mean, his corner routes and his comeback routes are getting open. We know that he's trusted on these contested catch spots. He seems to work well with Mahomes. Mahomes trusts him. Mahomes throws him some anticipatory throws. He lets the ball go when Watson is still getting into his stem before he's coming out of the break. He trusts him to be in the right spot. Yes, they had the miscue on the one corner where Mahomes let him upfield. I think Mahomes just misread the leverage. I don't think at any point in time that that ball said that Justin Watson should cut upfield and not flat, but it is what it is. He trusts him to do stuff. I think he's playing well. I think you give Watson a few chances. If you get Watson versus Coho, if he's on the outside, if you get Watson one-on-one with the safety or Xavier Howard, really anybody but Ramsey, I think you got to give this a shot and just see what happens. Let him go up and make some plays. Again, rely on what's working. And Justin Watson's one of those things that's working right now. So just paint the sideline with him. He's getting real good at catching the ball there. I think Justin Watson, maybe not a big statistical game, but just his pressure over the top, his pressure down the field, hopefully keeps Fangio doing the Fangio thing. I want to say, if you get matched up against Xavier Howard with the way that Patrick Mahomes has been underthrowing the ball, there there's a DPI coming on that one for a pat for a deep shot to Justin Watson. He's had a few of them this year. So oh, yeah. That's you'll get like three DPIs and then one interception on a great play. That's what David Hire <laughs> is going to give you. Um but yeah, that's our offensive players to watch, presented by Tickets for Less. I think it's time to move on to the studly side of the ball, the defense. But first, quick break from our sponsors. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the holidays? Maybe you struggle with the seasonal blues as days start to get colder and shorter here in Kansas City. And this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or some anxiety about it. But I think something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change. Something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. It's a helpful learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries that empowers you to be the best version of yourself as well. And it isn't just for people who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash KCSN. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen, our friends at Manscaped have been working day and night to bring you a blow-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra featuring the Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. 
Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code KCSN. High tech for low places with Manscaped. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, we are back and we are talking defense. And I listen, Craig, I, I'm closing out of the rundown. I'm getting rid of it. We're done. Yeah, uh, We're I, out of here. The only thing I'm keeping up. Okay. I just had to remember who my player wo- player to watch. Is. Loose, I got the rest. Loosen up the belt. We're, we're relaxing here. All right. You didn't, you you didn't loosen your belt when you sat down to talk to me? Buddy, I don't have a pants. Um, so the Dolphins, the first thing that jumps out to you when you watch this team, when you turn on the Dolphins offense, what is the very first thing that jumps out to you? Just broad scheme things. Just, I, you know what it is. Hit me with it. I do. I do. I am terrified of the motion. Like, it really is. Like, I, I, again, this is as close to CFL and sometimes is CFL motion. You know, it, they they flirt with it. They've gotten a lot better. I remember, you know, weeks one to two, there were plenty of opportunity or plenty of times where Dolphins receivers were running towards the line of scrimmage as the ball was snapped. They've gotten much better at timing that up. That is terrifying because honestly, they're not using it in the same way that everybody else in the NFL is. You know, you got an NFL, the Chiefs, for example, going to stand up and they're going to say, hey, we want to get into a three by one, but we want to have that man zone tell before we get out here. So we're going to align in a two by two. We're going to motion the receiver across. He's going to align as a three by one. That's where we want it to be anyway. Now we know if it's man or zone, at least pre-snap read here, we're going to rely on that a little bit more. Now the Dolphins are doing that, but they're also utilizing it to get guys like Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, David A. Chain while he was healthy. And yeah, Tyree Kill on the move already accelerating, able to put their foot in the ground, not from a standstill. And those guys are terrifying enough when they are from a standstill exploding off of the line of scrimmage into the secondary. Now he got them on the move. Mike McDaniel uses this speed so much better than everybody else in the NFL uses speed. It is silly to watch it. And it is terrifying as a defensive coordinator. I got more to say on motion, Matty, but leaving it right there, when you watch this team and you watch all that motion, how scary is it to you? Okay, listen, i start with this. Tyreek Hill, we watched him play Kansas City, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. The most dangerous while he was in Kansas City. One of the best. Absolutely phenomenal player. He's playing a different sport in Miami than he was in Kansas City. And not not saying better, although it's, it's turning out to probably be a little bit more productive. Right with a with a lesser quarterback, right? Like that's just what it's going to be. I'm not saying it's going to be better, just more productive. 
the, the what Mike McDaniel's doing with that man right now, it, it should be illegal for football. Everyone's spending a lot of time talking about Bannon the Tush Push. Why don't we figure out what we have to do to stop Tyreek Hill running free down the field as the fastest man on the in the football field, okay? Um, yeah, the motion's terrifying because Waddle also fast. Hey, Chain. Yeah. For the Chiefs' purposes, thankfully he's not there. You know, I hopefully he comes back healthy anytime he doesn't play the Chiefs because sure. that boy can scoop. Um, the mo- I, I don't know what you do with the motion. I almost think I, this is what I would personally do, and the six requires a lot of coaching, so I don't know if you can get there with the communication. Every time they went in motion, I would try my hardest not to switch, just rotate over the top so it looks like you're getting zone, and then immediately try to pick it up and play man. Or the opposite, or I'm going to run with it, rotate the opposite. I'm going to always change the man zone or try to change man and zone as much as I can versus the motion because they're using it not only to get a tell, but then once they have their tell, they're using the momentum from the motion to get leverage on the play to get a leg up. It's impossible as is to run a Tyree kill. It's really hard when he's already running full speed and then they know what coverage you're in and who's likely going to be covering him on this route because of the timing of everything. So I just think you got to constantly be changing the picture when you see this motion, when you do this stuff, you have to be changing the picture over and over again. The Patriots did that a little bit. Uh, They would actually have, you know, somebody run with the motion man across the the field and then they'd switch it before that guy got to the other side. And now all of a sudden, like if it was motioning into a three by one, now the guy coming across the field would either be the apex defender, take the number two or take the number three. Yeah, I, I thought that that was really creative, inventive way of trying to handle that. The problem is they... Don't just use, it's not just like it's, hey, it's only Tyreek that they're using it. They use this yeah. in so many different ways. Like they'll, they'll line up an empty and part of their run game, like they will run gap scheme with Raheem Mostert in motion coming across the line of scrimmage in jet motion. Like that's hard. Like that's hard to see where things are going. That puts a lot on the linebacker's plate. On top of that, it also, the way that they use a lot of these guys. It also gets Tyreek Hill in advantageous matchups as he can kind of come across the field, be running full speed as the number three receiver. And in a lot of match zone coverages, you know, Steve Spagnuolo, if you've ever heard him talk about it, will say, hey, if you can count to three, you can play zone for me. That's terrifying because Mike McDaniel knows that as well. And what he likes to do is motion Tyreek Hill across the line of scrimmage, get him in a matchup where maybe it achieves her in zone or whoever they're playing are in zone. Now all of a sudden the hook defender has to carry Tyree kill to the safety, but they've also got Jalen Waddle to the outside. So if you are playing as a too high structure, you've got to kick down the backside safety to try and take care of maybe a late post by Tyree kill. And it just messes with all the numbers. It really makes it so difficult to stay on top of things. And that's why they get so many explosive plays. That's why they get some of this. Now, before we move off of motion, because they use motion as much as they do, it results in Mike McDaniel getting a little bit cute. And <laughs> times where you can see an alignment coming from a long ways away. Case in point, we have seen the Chiefs use zone insert a lot. Uh, it's been one of the more prevalent plays that they are using with Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey. They use it a lot. It works really well. Uh, our guy Nate Tice talks about it all the time. That's one of his favorite things, favorite run concepts to watch the Chiefs run there. Mike McDaniel loves to have motion so much that he will actually put his tight end off, you know, an H-back off the line of scrimmage into the slot and have him motion slowly towards the middle of the field and not have him come set again. 
and try and insert as zone insert. And you see teams start to pick up on this a little more. I saw it three or four times where teams saw the tight end motioning across. They're snapping the ball. Hey, this isn't a pass play anymore. We're collapsing down. We're going to hammer this. We're going to make sure that we close up that run gap. So even though that motion is scary and terrifying for some of these players, Mike McDaniel does get a little too cute sometimes and uses it in ways that maybe tip off the defense a little more than he's maybe intending. What do you think, not just versus the motion, but this will go into the, the, the you know, I want to talk about, like you said, ex- limiting explosive plays from this Dolphins offense. Uh, what about playing some static zones versus this offense? And my thought is, with the motion, you're getting a guy at full speed. You're messing with route timing, right? The guy in motion is going to release a little bit faster. He is probably going to get through zones a little bit quicker than everybody else starting from a standstill. If you're playing static zones or even some match stuff, it's going to get a little bit easier to pass him off or mm-hmm. determine who's got that guy first. So if you're playing static zones and Tyreek Hill comes in motion and goes deep, Mike Flat Defender doesn't have to care, you know, isn't going to be carrying him Correct. that far yeah. or as long. Or even if he does, he's getting out of that route faster and getting back to the flat. He's carried him far enough upfield and back to the flat before the next player would be entering there. It's like just I, I just wonder about the concept of playing a little bit of static zones versus this stuff and then daring Tua to kind of find the gaps when everything is Tua wants to throw quick. Tua wants to he see does, what's happening yes. and throw to his first read or his second, but he wants to know what's happening and throw it. I just wonder if you could get them with some old school static zone stuff, especially versus those plays, because they are the whole point of the motion into the pass routes is manipulating route timing. And it, it, it works for them the vast majority of the time. I just wonder if a defense could use it to their advantage with how quickly the motion player is going to be getting into his route distribution. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And Spags was fine with doing that last year with this same group of guys, essentially. You know, he he was cool yeah. with with just kind of sitting on that and allowing that to happen, especially against, like you said, a, a guy like Tua that wants to get the ball out quick. I mean, I think Daniel came from the Kyle Shanahan school. Like, I mean, yeah. he does, like, he wants to hit the top of his drop, first read, there it is, let it fly. Like, it, and by and large, those two do an excellent job at manipulating coverages and making sure that that first read is open. It's why you see Tua throwing it so quickly. It's why you see him getting the ball out of his hands. It's why you see him good against the blitz because they're able to out leverage defenses and then there's one less guy in coverage. So yeah, I could see that. You know, sit on some of these static coverages a little bit, make it to where the throwing lane, the picture is a little bit cloudier than Tua wants it to be. And that's really all it is because once again, if he's pulling it back, if he's hitching, and I don't know if you're ready to move on to this, Matty, four-man rush has an opportunity here. Like uh, The four-man yeah. rush can get after this Dolphins offensive line. It's the, This Dolphins offensive line has been very up and down. Um, some weeks they've been really, really good, and other weeks they've kind of gotten got, gotten their asses kicked a little bit, right? And Teron Armstead might be coming back, and that's a big benefit. A healthy Teron Armstead is a lot better than Kendall Lamb playing left tackle. A lot better, yeah. Teron Armstead's not going to be healthy, though. And Toronto Armstead has had bad games when he's been not healthy, dinged up this year and last year. Like, it's been not pretty. So, like, I don't know what his health's going to be. This four-man pass rush definitely has the ability to get some pressure. The problem is Tua gets the ball out so quick, right? So, like, you do got to get that pressure fast if you're this defensive front. And we've seen Omidahue, Jones, Karloff, this Dana to even some extent. We've seen all these guys get some pressure early in plays. So, I do think this is a game where the Chiefs defensive line is going to be relied heavily on, mainly because you can't blitz Tua. Or if you don't, okay, let me let me dial this yeah, back out. You can, you can, yeah. Steve Spagnuolo is one of the few defensive coaches that might find a way to be able to blitz Tua because you have to disguise it, you have to hide it. The thing this year, though, 
Steve Spagnuolo is not playing just cover zero, right? And like that's the good thing. He's not just cover zero and sending everybody to say, hey, you got to find the hot and make it work because Tua will do that all day. He's doing a lot more just old school zone blitzing right now. And the way he's disguising it has been great. The way he's manipulating protection calls up front, you know, between the, what him and Joe Cole are doing with their alignments and where they're placing the backers and these slot corners, they're getting free rushers. They're getting guys over and then they're covering up what's the traditional hot reads. Like, I do think the Chiefs will try to blitz. I just don't know if they can come in and rely on that. I think the four-man pass rush is going to have to eat. I think we had a good Chris Jones game. It's been since the Jags game where he's taken over. It's been it's been that long since he's taken over a game. You want to really impact two on this game. You need Chris Jones to take over and play like a defensive player of the year. You need him to play like a guy that should be getting paid over $30 million a year this game because I think that's what they're going to need. I love Omenahue. I love Carl Loftus. I don't know if they are going to be able to win quick enough, consistently enough to take over the game. Chris Jones can. He needs to kind of do it this one. Yeah, way, way to take my player to watch, Maddie. Um, No, uh, yeah, that's exactly what needs to happen because you have seen that at times this year, Mike McDaniel really wants to protect Tua. I know that that's a foreign concept to anybody that watched that Dolphins team <sighs> last year, but he really does a good job of trying to protect Tua. So the moment that pressure starts hitting, the moment that they start feeling that a little bit more, now all of a sudden it turns into longer developing plays. It turns into more moving the pocket, shifting things around, bootlegs, a lot more attempts at misdirection, but longer developing things. And that's where all of a sudden you get guys like a George Karloftis, a Charles Amenahue, a Felix Anaduke Ozama, Mike Dana, coming into the game a lot more. Like, it's easy to point to those guys and say, wow, they're having great seasons. Wow, we really like what we're seeing out of so many of these young guys. Joe Cullen's getting the most out of them. This offense can take all four of those guys out of the game. It absolutely can. So the moment you start speeding things up for Tua or taking things away, they're going to try and move the pocket, try and conserve hits, and they do it every single time year they did it against the eagles they did it against the, the buffalo bills not every single year every single game they did it against both of those two teams and that's when the secondary pass rushers started coming into the game a lot more and started disrupting things that's not how this offense wants to work they want to get they want to get on their horse they want to hit things quick they want to get into this yeah. quickly so yeah you got to get hits on them you got to make them start to rethink some of the protection some of the ways that they can do things the Dolphins also run a lot of condensed looks, Matty, and there are plenty of opportunities, granted, as long as you don't have a Tyreek Hill screaming across in motion to uh, you know some of the condensed looks, there are plenty of opportunities for a Trent McDuffie to get a blitz going or get something. Wow, way to see my player to watch, Craig. Hey, buddy, I listen. <laughs> so, I mean, but there are plenty of opportunities like that where they are condensed, where those guys are all in the box a lot more, and it works against the run really well to have Trent McDuffie inserting that quickly into the you know into the run fit or into the pass rush there. So, getting a few of those hits, it doesn't have you don't have to rely on the blitz, you don't have to do anything like that, you know, overly use it, but you know, sprinkling in here and there, all of a sudden, it's going to change the way that Mike McDaniel calls the game a little bit more in spurts here and allow some of your other pass rushers to come into the game a little bit more. So I actually some interesting stats here. Uh, Tua had been, has been blitzed 95 times this year. Guess how many times he's been sacked out of those 95 times? Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm going to say two? Four. Okay. Okay. And he's thrown Whoa. eight touchdowns. Eight yeah. touchdowns, zero turnovers, with 62 completions on those 95 blitzes. 
He's eating it up right now. And it's a super short. I mean, the ball's coming out in 2.14 seconds, right? Like he's getting it out quick. He's not even throwing it downfield. You know, it's just short. He's getting the ball out real fast. You got to be careful blitzing him. And I've seen them do this. If they see a blitz, they'll lob the ball downfield to Tyreek and just see if he can outrun whoever's there. So if you're blitzing, you better put that, you know, that ceiling, that roof over the top of wherever Tyreek is. You do it to Waddle. Fine. If Waddle beats you on one of these, you live with it, right? Just don't let Hill. (laughs) Just don't let Hill do it. You got to keep the roof on him. So I I will say, I, I think. I definitely think the Chiefs should blitz. They should show the blitzes. I really like the, you know, coming from Chip McDuffie on the slot. Like, I think you're going to get some good looks there. What I want to do, though, is the Chiefs got to show these blitzes early. Then you got to start bluffing out of them. You got to start pressure dropping out because that that picture changing, that's what gets Tua. Anytime he starts holding the ball, Tua gets significantly worse. He starts throwing picks. He starts trying to fit the ball into windows he doesn't need to. You do need to make him a little uncomfortable by blitzing, changing stuff up, giving a lot of zone man looks and playing something else. But you, once you start showing pressure and then backing out, yeah, just yeah, just like go for KC forever. You're saying once you drop out, a drop eight, I don't mind drop eight versus this team. Yeah, I I really don't. Tua's not going to hold the ball forever. He's going to eventually spit it. He's not going to Mahomes it. If he's not under pressure, he doesn't. He's not going to hold the ball for eight seconds to make a throw. He's going to try to put it somewhere or check it down, which is what you want. Because here's like, and I guess my next thing, the Dolphins. Very good at moving the ball. One of the top mm-hmm. teams getting first downs. Guess what, though? They're just 10th and third or just 10th of third downs. Like, if you yeah. get them to third downs, they're a good offense, but not this elite game breaking offense because their offense is structured around hitting in space, finding this rhythm. You want to get them into third down. If you force two in a check down because you dropped eight and he wasn't expecting it, that's a win. And you get them to third down, then you can really get into Steve Spagnuolo's bag and let him blitz or drop, or get really exotic with the coverage. So like, I just think Spax has got to do a lot of different stuff here, and you just want to make the Dolphins drive the ball down the field and convert third downs. Yeah, I I would expect that if the Chiefs get into advantageous third down you know, positions, that we're going to see a lot more of the 3-2 uh, alignment that they've been running a lot this year, especially if Willie Gay Jr. is healthy, which at this point, we don't know whether or not he did practice today, so that's good, but you know, get into some of those situations where it's it's a three-man rush. You are clouding the picture. You are dropping a few more guys in there, preventing these checkdowns from going for big yards, which Raheem Mostert can make happen, you know, it's based, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, get in those pictures a little bit more. I'm even fine with them utilizing the tutu a, a little bit more. Um, it, You might notice I watched it. Now, this week by two-two, you. Mean, I don't mean uh, two-two out well or a, a ballerina skirt. I mean, I mean, I like that your brain went to two-two at well though. Listen, hey, I'm football guy right here, and then also I have a daughter, so uh, ballerina skirt was second. Anyway, um, <laughs> but priorities. No, no, flip those. But <laughs> no, the the Chiefs have utilized a lot more. Two down linemen with two linebackers kind of mugging the A-gaps. And a lot of times they drop out. As a matter of fact, watch the defensive breakdown this week and you will see the Karloftis strip sack was actually two down linemen. It was Chris Jones and it was George Karloftis, both out wide. And Karloftis wins clean, gets a sack. Russell Wilson had nowhere to go with the ball because there were so many guys in coverage. (laughs) I would not be surprised to see that happen. Tua wants to sit back there. He wants to throw it. He can run. I'm not saying he can't, but he wants to throw it. He wants to sit back in the pocket. He wants to take advantage of that. Sprinkle that in a little 
every once in a while there, cloud up the secondary a little bit more, force him to make a throw, or like Maddie, you know, was saying earlier, shift, give that mantel shift into zone, have some trap coverages. Steve Spagnolo does this stuff all the time. Like I really do think that this is a matchup where he can force Tua into mistakes more often than maybe some other teams have been able to so far this year. Yeah, nope. I we're in lockstep here. We know how to beat the Dolphins. It's just a matter of going to do it, right? Oh, goodness. Uh, wait, hold on here. I didn't say that. Oh, that's what you Those your words. All right, let's move it on. We are back to the players to watch presented by Tickets for Less. Use the promo code KCSN for the best offer available. Craig, you're up first. Who's your player to watch? First. Can you it, can you drop the surprise that nobody knows who is coming on the people? Nobody knows who is coming. I don't typically try and pick the big names, but it's a Chris Jones game. Like, if there's anything, it's a Chris Jones game. This is going to be the only game on on an early Sunday morning. With oh, how everybody is that? Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be great, man. Like, I I am going to love waking up. I'm going to be up early. I don't I don't know why I'm alluding to that. My kids are going to wake me up early. I'm going to be sitting down here with coffee, just enjoying some football. The only game on. And he is the one guy that can tilt this in the favor of the Chiefs defense when he's on the field. And I don't mean that as everybody else sucks. I mean that as he wins quick, he eats up the run game really well, and he makes life difficult on interior offensive linemen with his ability to quickly swim and penetrate into the backfield. With all the motion that this team does, with all the misdirection that they do, there are plenty of times where Tua's back is completely turned to the play, to the line of scrimmage, because they've got something developing, something work extra on the second and third levels of the defense. Chris Jones is not going to care about all that extra mess. He's going to step up and he's going to hit the quarterback. There are plenty of opportunities here, not just for him to get quarterback hits, force them into some more of the bootlegs or some of the longer developing things, but also to get his hands up against a shorter quarterback. These are all things that Chris Jones does ridiculously well. And now is the time. Step up, show it here, and be the catalyst for why this Dolphins offense is off their game, why they get knocked in the next week for some of the things that they want to do. He is the one guy that can do that from Jump Street. So... My player to watch was also spoiled. I'm going with Trent McDuffie. Um, here's Craig and I just going with some big hitters on the defense, but I think that's fine. You're playing a really good offense. I, I think game. it's fair in this moment to go with the big hitters. Uh, we Craig mentioned Trent McDuffie's ability as a blitzer and especially coming out of the condensed looks. I think trailing maybe Tyreek Hill in motion and then just stopping and coming off the backside edge, Ooh. even blitzing from the side Tyreek's coming to, like, I think you're going to get some pressures for McDuffie. I think they might mix some stuff up with him. So like the blitzing there, his ability in the run game, as the Dolphins try to do a lot of different stuff, he's been a fantastic force player for this team on the edge. So, like, that, and then I do anticipate a fair bit of zone. Like, I think the Chiefs will play a lot of zone, whether it's match or static, and that's going to be McDuffie. Despite being in the slot, he's going to get matched up with a lot of flat routes, a lot of corner-type routes where he's going to have to showcase his zone ability, his, you know, his eyes, his instincts in zone, which I think are very good. I think he's going to have a couple big plays where he's going to have to do stuff against Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle and really pick them up in some coverage. I think this is a game where you can't have the, oh yeah, Trent McDuffie's clearly ascending, but there's a little bit of struggles or you see where he's not quite there yet. Like we've had the past couple weeks. I think this is a game where he's got to really take over if they're going to, if they're going to make this work, if they're really going to slow down this Dolphins passing attack. 
He's got to be a guy that makes a big difference. I trust Snead. I don't know if I'm trusting a William, a Joshua Williams or a Jalen Watson yeah. or Ryan Cook or even Justin Reed in coverage in this game. I need somebody else to go with Snead to be excellent. Trent McDuffie's that guy for me this week. So I think he's going to be in for a big game and just kind of his impact all over the place. Hit all right, me. buddy. You ready? Yes, hit me. Hit, yeah. Here's our predictions for this week. I'm going to go first because I'm picking a Chiefs loss. Oh, I, I, this is uh, this is a really tough game, and I think the Chiefs' defense is going to give this Dolphins' offense a lot. Like I think it's going to be difficult for this this Dolphins' offense to move the ball effortlessly. The problem is you can stop this Dolphins' offense for six drives, but you can't stop them for nine, and that's that's the hard part about this. They can score so quickly; they are so dangerous. One mistake all of a sudden can make you pay. This team does not have Devin A-Chain on their roster right now because of IR. I don't think that it matters. Like Raheem Mostert is perfectly capable of hitting a gap that isn't fit perfectly against the run and transforming it into a giant play. We already know that Jalen Waddle, we already know that Tyreek Hill are capable of those giant plays as well. It's hard to keep this offense down for four quarters. Conversely, I think this Dolphins defense is a little bit better than everybody's making them out to be right now. And we are in full midseason Andy Reid mode. This is a team that they're going to see again in January or February. How many years in a row now have we seen Titans, Bills, we've seen the Bengals, where Andy Reid brings out a C-minus game script against a team and just says, hey, listen, you can have this one. It's fine. I don't really give two shits about the the one seed. It's nice to have, but we're fine conserving all of our good stuff for January and February. I think that combines into a game that tilts in the favor of the Dolphins. I don't think the Chiefs play clean football this week. I think they turn it over still, even though the Dolphins don't turn it over very much. I think it's a game that the Dolphins end up running away with it a little bit at the end, making this look a lot more distant than it is. 24 14 Dolphins. Ooh. Um, so a week ago, if you had asked me to predict this game, I wouldn't have gone with the score. So wide is that? But I would have picked the Dolphins to win too for a lot of the same reasons that I think this Dolphins offense is really going to want to showcase everything they can do versus the reigning Super Bowl champions. They are going to be in Germany. It's a, you know overseas game. Everyone's watching, so on and so forth. I think they would care more about that than Andy Reid was going to be like, eh, we're going to see you guys again in the playoffs. I'm not going to show you anything. I think 100% that's what I was thinking a week ago. I don't know if this team can handle a sputtering offensive performance here. I just, I don't know if Andy Reid can go out there and be like, hey, here's my vanilla game script. What even is a vanilla game script for this offense right now? They don't have anything clicking. They need to start finding, we talked about rhythm to start the show on the offensive side in terms of like the passing game and what they need to do. I don't even mean that. They just need to find their identity. They need to find something to cling on to. I don't think Andy can just pass this one up. I don't think Andy can go out there and just be like, eh, we'll catch we'll catch the Eagles after the bye week. We'll figure it out on the bye week, and then we'll have a real offense because eventually you got to start building guys up before you hit it. What's the last thing you could do? If you don't build guys up in this game, you go into the bye week slumping off of a 9 and a 14-point performance, and then you get the Eagles, who are going to want revenge, also off of a bye week, I believe. Like, I don't, I don't like the sounds of that. I, know. So no, I, think the, I think the Chiefs are coming out. I think they try this one. I do think... 
you're going to get the A plus Andy. I think they can scheme some stuff open against this Dolphins. I think I'm with you. Their defense is better than what people think. I think they can scheme some stuff up over the middle of the field. Give me the Chiefs winning 31 to 30 in a nail biter because I do think points are going to be traded. I think it's going to rely a lot on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes making thing happen though. I will say this: If Andy brings out the the good game script, I I think the Chiefs win it. I do think that it's lower scoring than you do, Maddie. But I okay. I just don't okay. I don't have any. I I have now seen as many again. This team is six and two. Like they're sitting in the one seed right now. Like they're still going to be a really strong AFC contender, regardless of that they take this game. So that's why I'm still thinking that Andy Reid is still going to trot out the okay game script even though i'm in full agreement with you they they need it i i, I think that there's enough discussion especially out of travis kelsey this week there's enough going on where they need it they get out the good game script i'm willing to change it but i just don't know that they will yep no and i i think they have to i, I think that's like, i think the backs against the wall i think they kind of have to i think you listen to guys talking they're they're down on themselves right now they're saying they're gonna fix it i think they still have confidence but i think guys aren't questioning they just they're like, man, something's wrong and we don't know what it is. I think they have to try at the very least. That's where I'm coming from for with it. So I got the Chiefs 31 to 30. Craig has them taking a loss with 24 to 14. Is that what we ended up with? That's correct. And the defense plays better than that 24. Like I think it's I think it's 17-14 until very late in the game there, and they allow a touchdown late. Right. Yeah. That is going to do it for us. Thank you guys for joining us here for this live game preview of the Chiefs Dolphins that everybody is going to get to watch bright and early Sunday morning, 9.30 Eastern, I believe. That makes it 8.30 Arrowhead time for y'all. 7.30. 7.30 for Craig. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And uh, hey, go Chiefs this weekend. Picking a loss. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.